Have you ever thought about your rights and freedoms regarding your money and its impact by legislation from all levels of government? Welcome to the Information Edge with your host, Darren Yancey. Darren has over 40 years of experience in key sectors of the economy, and he's been knee-deep in politics for over a decade. He's going to get into detail on these sectors, the politics surrounding them, what they mean to you, and how you can protect yourself and be involved. Now, live from Texas, your host, Darren Yancey. All right, folks, welcome to Wednesday. It is a wonderful Wednesday. I'm Darren Yancey, or as I was known on uh, Twitter, Darren, yeah, I'm Darren Yancey, but Jack Dorsey's a fascist because now I'm too hot for Twitter. Figure that one out. Uh, it's going to be more and more fun as this rolls on. We probably are going to take some legal action against them uh, because some of you are proud of me to do it. And I've got some folks that are willing to do some pro, no, pro bono work. But welcome to this week on the Information Edge. And, and, you know, a lot of those of you that are following us, I have a specific area of topics that I cover just repeatedly because, number one, nobody else covers them in the media. I either do it on live radio or something like we're talking here on a talk show um, outside of their own echo chambers. And it's important that people outside of industries hear about what's going on because it impacts you. You know, I was, I was talking about issues in trucking three, four years ago before everybody was like, ah, what? What's going on in trucking? Well, and I come back to trucking at least once a month because if you don't understand the importance of trucking right now, um, there's parts of the country that don't have a lot of things on their shelves. Trucking has something to do with it. Supply chain logistics has other issues to do with it. But Realistically, the, the trucking nation is a very important part of the American dream, and it needs help right now. And so we bring in various people that are associated with that to talk about different opinions, different things of what they're doing. And today we've got Mr. James Lamb, who is with us, and he is with the Small Business and Transportation Coalition. James, you can go ahead and unmute yourself. <laughs> and we're going to be bringing in and talk about several things. James has got some very interesting topics, not only about what's going on in trucking, but some things that are happening within divisions of the federal government. And I think, James, let's, let's, let's bring you on. And, and why don't you tell the folks, first off, what it, what it is you do professionally and how you got involved in the position you have right now with the SBTC? Yeah, well, good afternoon, Darren, and, and thanks for having me on the, the program here today. Uh, the, the SBTC uh, is an organization that I founded back in 2014. And it stands for Small Business and Transportation Coalition, as you said. And and basically, the SBTC exists to protect and promote the interests of all the small players in the transportation industry. So whereas we have a lot of these groups, these trade groups that are out there, you know, that are uh, catering to one particular segment of the industry, you got OIDA, you know, representing owner operators, you got TIA, Transportation Intermediaries Association, representing the brokers, you know, we would suggest they represent the big brokers. Um, you know, there's there's a, a synergy that's missing in, you know, in those organizations because it's it's treated as us versus them. And so what we've done is we've kind of created a group and we've said, you know, if you're a small business in transportation, we don't care if you're a small carrier, a small broker, small shipper, small, you know, independent trucker, owner operator. You need a place that's going to defend and protect and promote your interests when it comes to not trucker versus broker and things like that, but more along the lines of big versus small. 
So that's kind of the, you know, the idea. We, we had a concept there of somebody's got to speak for all the little guys. And, uh, you know, we need to promote uh, integrity in, in doing business transactions. But really, it's about defending against big corporate um, uh, large carriers or large brokers that are really engaged in lobbying or attempts for rulemaking that, you know, would really hamper the interests of, of the little guys in, in, in the industry. Well, obviously, you didn't just fall into that overnight. I looked on, on your profile that you were you, you basically the owner and CEO of DOTAuthority.com. Yeah. Kind of tell us how you got into that and and, and obviously, you've had some experiences in dealing with that that led to the, the thought, hey, I've got to form this group. Can I tell, give us a little bit of background there? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I've operated a number of different businesses over the years and, and a number of different brands and websites and all. But, but basically, um, you know, I, I come from the government side myself. So I'm a former New York Department of Transportation motor carrier investigator back in the 90s. And, you know, I did my time there regulating, you know, motor carriers and investigating consumer complaints and, and all that kind of stuff, doing road checks on the side of the road, asking drivers for their logbook and then asking them for their other logbook. You know, that. so you were the enemy. So I was you were the, the enemy. Uh, I was the state. Yeah. And so <laughs> and so what I yeah, what I did, what I did then was I guess uh, I guess you could say I, I switched sides and you know I started representing folks as a I became a practitioner, um, you know, a, an actual surface transportation board licensed uh, practitioner. And, and so that opened up a lot of doors for me to represent carriers before uh, government agencies. And so, of course, I started with my New York DOT agency. And so my former colleagues, you know, they would give a ticket to somebody and then here I would come and I'd say, well, you know, I know I know I know you from 15 minutes ago as being one of you. But now I'm here on, on behalf of the guy you gave the ticket to. We're going to talk about, you know, why he's not guilty and, and why the administrative law judge should, you know, should ultimately dismiss the charge just that you've you've brought against them. So I kind of switched sides. And over time, I realized that, uh, you know, there was there was a need for professional services in the industry to help people get their operating authority to deal with the government, uh, almost like a private ombudsman, you know, if, if you would. And and so the concept was, you know, I used to be the DOT and now here I am in private practice. And so I created a company called DOTAuthority.com. And I thought that that was a neat little double entendre, you know, uh, with respect to folks getting their operating authority from the DOT. And I'm the authority on the DOT because of my experience. I used to be the DOT. So I thought that was a neat, you know, neat concept. And so we, we threw that out there. And for 15 years, we didn't have any problems. And right around the, uh, the time of 2010, I saw that there was a, uh, a need for somebody to step in on behalf of the small brokers because TIA had abandoned their interests, in my opinion. And, you know, all of a sudden they were talking about raising the $10,000 bond to, uh, to uh, 100000 And, you know, so, uh, so I created the Association of Independent Property Brokers and Agents as a first trade group. That then, you know, grew into, well, you know, we don't want to neglect the trucking side. So, you know, let's create a group that invites all the small players in. And so that's kind of how it, you know, it, it unfolded. Well, that's 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 a fantastic story. Let's I want to dive into logistics for just a second, because right now I don't want to use the word panic. I don't like the word panic, but there's this there's a smidgen of panic among 
consumers that they see all of the media of all the ships at port that are not being unloaded, which by the way, I want to, I want to qualify that folks. Those are imported goods vis-a-vis China. Um, and if we're making things here in the United States, or we're growing things here in the United States, you might have some delays, but don't panic. But the big thing right now, and, and the gentleman that occupies 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue came out this past week. And I, I'll just say made a very off color comment that, truckers need to step it up as if they're sitting around picking their noses. So what I would like from you is, is number one, kind of an assessment of what's actually happening with some of these logistical issues. And number two, what was your opinion on Mr. Biden's comments? Yeah. Well, let's start with the latter first, because that evokes an emotional response. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I got your dander up. Yeah, well, you know, I, I wrote a letter to truckers after he said that and after trucking media I saw started, that. I yeah, saw that. Trucking media, you know, trucking media, thank you. Trucking media started to, you know, you know, cover the story and, and I said I said, drivers, you know, President of the United States has a message I'm relaying to you, and that is he wants you to step up. Yeah. Now think a- about as it. if you've been slo- snoozing, but yeah. The whole year last year, while people were locked down and they were, I mean, this is stuff you already know, but come on, let's put it out there. Mm-hmm. You know, truckers couldn't find a place to eat. They couldn't find a place to, you know, use a restroom. Everything was shut down. The only people who were still up and running were cops and, you know, medical professionals and truckers. That, that's who was out there, fire, you know, fire rescue folks, you know, the first responders. And truckers were first responders. And so we did not take too kindly to Mr. Biden's, you know, implication that truckers have been goofing off and that they need to step up. I mean, that that was almost as preposterous as 15 minutes later when he said, you know, I got a great idea to secure, you know, the, the supply chain and, and to, you know, to fix everything. You know what we're going to do? We're going to have truckers be allowed to drive at night. <laughs> That's a great idea. That's a great. Why didn't we think Wait, of that? James, is water, is water wet? <laughs> exactly. You know, and it's like it just goes to show how much this administration is out of touch <sighs> with not only the trucking industry and the plight of men and women drivers in this country, but, you know, the supply chain in general. It's 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 unbelievable that, you know, the stuff that should be on their radar, they don't have a clue. And it's scary. And, and, you know, all we can do is, you know, chuckle among, amongst ourselves, but we gotta, we gotta confront this and we gotta educate. Big time. Because they're running the country, you know? And, and there are, there, you know, I, I, saw, I saw a meme on, on one of the social media outlets um, earlier this week, and it was Dunkin' Donuts, right? Who now calls itself Dunkin'. And, and they said, we're sorry, we have no donuts today because of the, you know, supply chain crisis. What do you mean Dunkin' Donuts has no donuts? Like, that is the most ridiculous thing, you know, that we're, we're living in a country under the Biden administration in 2021 as we're trying to navigate through, you know, a global plant pandemic. And, and what they're doing is they're basically doing everything wrong. 
anything that they can do to screw this up. And, you know, I've posted on Twitter and I've said it's almost like they're trying to screw this up because. Yeah, you can't you, keep, you can't do this that bad accidentally. No, I don't think no, so. no. And, and I posted something about, remember, you know, when when you go to war, the first thing that you do is you cut off your enemies supply chain supply line that's right and it feels like that's what's happening from the radical left in this country that is you know getting mr biden's ear so that's that's the first point and then you ask me a second question which is you know basically what's going on with the ports and you know I mean, well i tell you what we're gonna have to do we're, we're running up on a break so hold that thought we're sure back to that thought and because uh, we're going to take a quick break right now, you're listening, folks, to the Information Edge podcast with Darren Yancey. Our special guest today is James Lamb, Chief Executive Officer of the Small Business and Transportation Coalition. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel. Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling. Whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleiner Hour, health, environment, and the power of water. Show host Sharon Kleiner interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleiner Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to the Information Edge with Darren Yancey. To reach the program today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to darren at darrenyancey.com. Now, back to the Information Edge. All right, folks, welcome back to the Information Edge. I'm Darren Yancey. Our special guest today is James Lamb, Chief Executive Officer of the Small Business and Transportation Coalition, outfit this basically kind of helps the smaller folks in that transportation sector have a voice and the voice is important because as you've seen in the past year uh we were talking about before anybody else was on national media about 
how important trucking is. And now we're seeing it. Unfortunately, we've got somebody in the White House who just, I, I don't know, he's just off his geritol, his meds or whatever. Um, James, let's shift gears for a second. The ports. Right now, everybody's watching the ports. Everybody's watching what's going on. Um, you know, I've heard that the AB5 law that California passed, and I know I've talked to a lot of my buddies that are in the trucking business, wiped out most of the independent contractors, so they've got trouble getting trucks in. But then I'm hearing, oh, no, it's not the truckers. Well, I know there's some detention issues, but I'm also hearing there's not people. What are, what are you hearing that, of what the issues actually are on getting these imported goods in out of the ports? Yeah, you know, there's a lot of myths that are out there right now on, you know, what's causing this. And, and you know, everybody always wants to blame, you know, trucking regulations on, you know, on the side of big business and small business, you know, when it comes to this kind of stuff. Uh, but, you know, the, the fact of the matter is that what's really happening here is that, you know, we monitor the, you know, the, the concept of um, capacity versus volume and, you know, freight, freight capacity versus freight volumes and supply and demand and all that stuff. But what's really happening here is that there's been a surge in consumer spending post uh, what I would say is phase one of, you know, the pandemic. So, you know, we, we kind of we kind of got over the lockdowns and, and some people started to go back to work, not everybody. Right. But, you know, but we've got, you know, we basically we, we have a, you know, increase in, in consumer spending. And, and if you really wanted to try to pinpoint this, there's no one thing that you can really say it's that. You know, so you would have to take into lots of things, you know, into consideration. And and some of some of what's out there as being attributed to, uh, you know, the cause like the, you know, the carb regulations in California, it's not necessarily that it's it's the regulation, but it's more along the lines of the fear of the regulation and, and the fear of what's coming in the future, because that's what causes people currently in the industry to start to make you know decisions about leaving the industry so when you know california starts talking about hey you know by 2035 we've got to have no gas powered vehicles in california i mean that's that, that's, that's retarded that's, that's retarded. insane you know and and when they start talking about you know the the changes in uh you know you, right now you have to have an engine in california in the truck that's you know 2007 or, or greater and the next phase for that is um, you have to have 2010 or, or older engine by 2023. Right. So, you know, all of these things, you know, they come together, but, but really, you know, the trucks are online. I don't know if you've seen any of those videos that are on social media, but the trucks are there and they're waiting. You talk about the tension. They're yeah, waiting the online. Is a big issue. Yeah. And, and so, you know, there's this, this concept of, you know, the, the ports being open 24 seven, you know, right now, even after implementing that Biden's suggestion there, you know, right now there's a hundred truck or a hundred uh, ships that are currently, you know, on the, off the coast of, of the ports. And the, the highest before the pandemic was 17, right. 17 anchored ships that were before the pandemic. And now we're over a hundred. So what's happening is there's a surge in demand and then you know, there's problems at the ports, getting the, the vehicle on the trucks. The trucks are there, you know, and they're lined up. But we're talking about the, the demand being expected to be greater up until like February is what they're they're predicting. And and so, you know, there's this the entire holiday season that is basically here at this point. And we have to, you know, have to deal with that. 
and and ultimately, you know, these things that that are all not necessarily directly attributable to this crisis, like AB five, you know, owner operators. If you're talking about, you know, uh, that going through the courts still, you know, Supreme Court hasn't ruled, you know, on on that one yet. And ultimately, you know, we're 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 dealing with many different factors, and it could be as simple as whether drivers are facing, you know, if they're working for trucking company that has more than 100 drivers, 100 employees, you know, whether they want to take the vaccine, man, you know, uh, seriously, whether they're, they're going to, you know, take the shot or whether they want to go off on their own, get their own operating authority. Of course, I would point them to dotauthority.com, right? We can help them do that. So it, it's not just one thing, but it's a crisis. And when you look at these pictures of these stores that have empty shelves, you know, I mean, we follow what's going on on Twitter and the, and the trends and, and, you know, empty shelves, Joe is, is coming up, you know, yeah. and, and, and it's, it's his watch. And so, you know, whatever happens, good or bad, it's going to be attributed to him. So he's got to step up and he's got to, he's got to fix this, you know, and, and part of it is to relax some of the regulations, emissions regulations, hours of service regulations, you know, that these are the kind of things, regulatory relief is what's needed. And in that letter, you know, that we wrote, uh, that we then switched over to, as if we were talking to the president, we were like, you know, we have ELDs that, you know, are uncertified by the government. There have been studies which, which, prove- by the way, let's let I want to James for our audience because we have a lot of non-trucking people. Yeah, e- ELDs, folks, is what's called an electronic logging device. And prior to what was it 2017, it was yeah. a mandate that came out during during the Obama administration. And traditionally, truckers wrote down everything of where they'd been. Imagine when you get in your car, you have to log everything. That's what they have to do. Well, they went from manually logging to electronic logging. Get some up. So yeah. go ahead, James. Yeah, and these devices, you know, they're they're connected to the the engine, you know, the, the computerized systems in in the in the vehicle. And no, no danger there, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, and so so the FBI has issued a hacking alert, you know, and the National Transportation Safety Board, gentleman uh, board member by the name of Graham, you know, he looks he looks at this in in reference to an accident investigation case. He's saying, you know, there's not much regulation going on on the manufacturers of these ELDs to the point where they just self-certify. They say, oh, well, we see what the technical specifications on. Yeah, we're good. And meanwhile, there's, there's you know, researchers like in uh, Michigan, I think it was, where they actually hacked into a truck and they took over through telematics, which is what ELDs are. That's what they, they are. Yeah, they took over the the accelerator. And so there's the driver in the vehicle, and he is no longer in control of his accelerator. So we just took took an 80,000-plus vehicle and made it a weapon. You just made it a weapon for a terrorist to to take a hazmat load and dump it into, you know, a city's water supply or knock out a school bus filled with children that's right, you know, right next to them. If you could take over the the accelerator, you could take over the braking systems, the steering systems, why not just plow down that whole school bus filled with kids? And better, let's let's take let's attack a fleet's telematics and let's hold them for ransom, like the pipeline in May. Shut them down. You could shut, shut them down. down. Absolutely. Yeah. Pay the ransom. You know, so, it's, it's, it's funny. There's very few congressmen that have the grasp of what ELD is. Right. Um, and really none of them, I would think, have the capability to, to, to sit back and go, 
well, gosh, James, what you just described is horrifying. How do we make a law change so that DOT can pass the FMCSA to eliminate this? Are, well, are you well, dealing with any of these people? Yeah, yeah. We, we talk to these people all the time, and we're basically saying we don't need a new law. All you need to do is enforce the law that you already passed. MAP 21 back in 2012 was passed, and that's where you know this requirement uh, for the mandate for ELDs appears. And basically, Congress said to FMCSA, basically the secretary, and they, they said, develop a certification process. And FMCSA said, what certification process? We're not going to do that. We don't want to be that involved. We'll let them self-certify. And, and now encryption is the problem, lack of encryption. And so when you have a lack of, I mean, this is like a James Bond movie we're talking about here, you know, lack of encryption. And now they take over the vehicle and now you have a major incident. But it's never happened before. It's never happened before. It didn't happen in Berlin yeah. in 2016. It didn't happen in Nice, France in 2016. Right. Trucks are used as weapons for, by terrorists all, all the time. Time. Well, all here's what's going to have to happen. This is something I've been I've been preaching about on the autonomous side. Because insurance has been my industry, all my experiences have come through, and trucking's been a big part of it. Yep. Is these devices, and, and I, I, I'm I'm already hearing the chatter. Okay, I already know autonomous. There is no market insurance market for autonomous because of all the issues that we get into. Um, I can tell you right now, when we start talking about when this ELD starts becoming more and more, I know about it. People within, but it's not really news yet. When it starts coming out that ELDs are now hackable, they're not certifiably terrorist, uh, anti-terrorist, you're going to start seeing insurance companies backing off on these things. Yeah. And when the insurance companies back off on this and there is no security net on that, it's going to have a change. And I'm telling you, the chatter's there right now because I deal with these characters. And so that's where pressure also needs to be applied is with the insurance because the insurance area is going to be the one that effectively comes out and says, hey, if you don't either A, remove this mandate or B, certify this equipment, we're not going to be offering a policy on that. And that will shake things up dramatically. Yeah, and maybe that's what's needed to happen, you know, in order to get people's attention. We're jumping up and down until we're blue in the face. And we're saying this is national security. Absolutely it is. We put, out, we put out a, a release on September 11th. I think it was a weekend, right? It was a Saturday. And here I am working. And I'm like, it's September 11th. I used to work at Two World Trade Center, by the way. And the 87th floor lost 39 people, you know, that, um, that mm -hmm. worked in the office. I would have been number 40. But I left a year or so before the attacks. And, um, and so, you know, here it is 9-11. And I'm, I'm, I got a tear in my eye, you know, over my own personal, you know, impact of knowing those people, those faces. And, and I'm saying, you people are talking about what happened 20 years ago with a plane. Let's talk about 2021 with a truck. Or because a fleet of trucks. Right. It's coming. And, yes. and it's, it's either about terrorism or it's about just criminal ransomware kind of stuff. And either way, it's bad news. Imagine during a supply crisis, they shut down one or more fleets of trucks or they do coordinated attacks like they did on 9-11, but with trucks. If you shut down 5% of the fleets that are carrying what I would call critical items, uh, food, milk, breads, things of that nature, you would have a true crisis on your hands. 
That's right. Not a manufactured home crisis, a real crisis. Yeah. Home heating, home heating oil would be affected. Yeah. yeah. And, these, you know, here these we go are, into the winter. Well, you know, these are issues that um, our new transportation secretary, Pete, or as I call him, Pothole Pete, um, I, I think of the Alfred E. Newman picture, <laughs> and I think of Pete, and I go, cousins lost, and we're, we're fixing to come up on a break here, so I want to plant this seed, and we'll come back to it. Yeah. And the question's going to be, is Pete Buttigieg in any way, shape, form, or fashion capable of handling the responsibility that he's been appointed for? Don't answer that. We're going to come out to it when we come out of break. All right, folks, you're listening to the Information Edge podcast with Darren Yancey. Our special guest today is James Lamb of the Small Business for Transportation Coalition. We're going to pay a few bills, have a little iced tea. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on voiceamerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. You are listening to the Information Edge with Darren Yancey. To reach the program today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to darren at darrenyancey.com. Now, back to the Information Edge. All right, folks, welcome back to the show. We have James Lamb, CEO of the Small Business Transportation Coalition that represents the interests of anybody in that supply chain that's considered a small employer now. We've covered some important topics. We're going to shift gears a little bit and go into uh, some things that are going on inside the federal government, but I want to lead in 
James, you've got a lot of activity that, that I just I can't preface. But before we go to that, I want to talk about Pete Buttigieg, who currently is out on paternity leave, which, you know, that's great. I, I'm not real sure why he needs two months, but we didn't get two months and I don't think we need it. But that's neither here nor there. But let's talk about his qualifications to have been appointed to the position that he has. And right now, with everything that is breaking loose, does he have it in him to come up with any form of solution? Well, you know, I would like to give him the benefit of the doubt. And, you know, part of the answer to that is if you're going to have an impact as Secretary of Transportation, you kind of need to show up at work and actually be Secretary of Transportation. Leave. Lead. I'm right. I'm writing to him, you know, and and um, and I I know he's 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 uh, getting the emails. I could see actually when he opens an email, to tell him. And uh, you know, basically, um, you know, we've thrown a lot of material at him in terms of a lot of things that are wrong in DOT, uh, not just FMCSA. Everybody knows that you know I give FMCSA a run for their money, but you know it, it transcends that even NHTSA. You know we've had some issues with so um, you know. I, I would like to say, how about he, he shows up at work and we work through some of these issues, and then I'll tell you whether I think he's qualified or not. Because well, what about I, his, not, his underlings? Right now, his underlings are having to do his job. What are you seeing out of them? Well, the problem is that you know these agencies are infested with corrupt career bureaucrats that have really never been held accountable like they need to be held. And there's a lot of things wrong. And, you know, to, to, to deal with those people over and over again and not, not get anywhere on behalf of the industry, it's very frustrating. And so I started contacting him. Now, all of a sudden, you know, his lawyer writes, Mr. Putnam. Wait, 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 wait. Buttigieg's lawyer's writing you? Yeah, well, not his personal lawyer, you know, the know, U.S. The, DOT the, General the, Counsel. DOT, DOT General yeah. Counsel, okay. Yeah, so now now all of a sudden, you know, we're getting attention because I dared to send the email to his email address, you know. Should I tell you what the email address is? I don't know. I th- yeah, I, th- I think you'll need to send it to me in private because I have some things I'd like to share with the secretary. I mean, I don't want to, you know. Nothing, I mean, it would not, nothing stuff, inappropriate. It would be industry stuff, but I'll get his no. attention. It's, you know, it's about holding the the accountability, really. It's about holding the uh, agency and, you know, the department as a whole accountable. And most of the things that we are fighting with them about right now has to do with petitions and applications, exemption applications we've put in, freedom of information law requests. And, And the way this works is the law, administrative law, regulates the agencies, right? So the trick here is for a trade group to use administrative law to regulate the regulators. And that's what we do. And sometimes we do it politically, you know, we we go to Congress, you know, to the committees, the oversight committees. Sometimes we go to every single damn member of, of Congress, which we did today, by the way. And, you know, sometimes we, you know, go to the courts and we're suing FMCSA and the secretary right now over discrimination because the way that they treat us and our applications. Well, all right, let's, let's give a little more preface to that. So our audience, keep in mind, a lot of our audience, they're, they're taking in these acronyms. By the way, folks, when we use the term DOT, that's the Department of Transportation. When you hear the term FMCSA or FMSEA, that's the Federal Motor Safety Carrier Administration. And what that is, that's, the, that's basically the regulatory body 
that oversees trucks that cross state lines. Okay. And, and they fall under the authority of the United States Department of Transportation. Having said that, James, you've got some interesting information on what's going on there at Fed. Yeah. And, and by the way, you know, uh, some folks may still remember the Interstate Commerce Commission, which was like the original right. agency. Right. And, and so basically DOT and now F- you're, you're dating yourself there, buddy. took over. Yeah, I've been around <laughs> the block a few times. Uh, I think I'm at 28 years now. So, But uh, yeah, so we got a few things going on. And, and it all surrounds, you know, we submit something to the agency. The agency, by law, by statute, or just generally by the Administrative Procedure Act, uh, 5 U.S.C. 555, they have an obligation to respond to us, right? And so uh, usually it's, you know, a certain time period. Freedom of information, 20 days. Maybe an extra 10 days they get, right? I've been waiting five years. Five years for one of my lawyers and legal teams. um, For a FOIA request? For a FOIA request. Five years. They get 20 days. I said they're supposed I, to either, either give it or here's the reasons we're denying it. But. Right. Right. And so what I discovered that they're doing, and I discovered this over the last maybe, maybe 48 to 72 hours, I discovered they're hiding their open requests. And we discovered this because we did some research. We're asking for their logs, right? Back in, um, I think it was February, I put in a freedom, now follow this, because this is kind of like, wow. Freedom of Information Act request for their Freedom of Information Act logs, right? So in other words, my request is for their actual logs. And, and so, of course, they don't do anything. They say, yeah, it's gonna take five months, not 20 days, it's gonna take five months. Five months comes by, nothing. It's now eight months on that, right? And so I started to dig and I started to say, well, maybe I can find these logs myself. So I go on Google, I start to do some research and I find somebody in 2018 who actually put in a request for the logs for 2017. Now my request, even though it came in in November, December, uh, two requests in uh, 2016, it was logged in 17, they said. And so, they responded to this guy after about eight or nine months, late in 2018, and they, and they give him the law. And guess what? My request is not on the law. And Ooh. so I'm like, what the heck is this? That, They're that's, hiding it? That, that's a problem. That's a big problem. And so then I see that all of the requests on the log are closed. And so oh my. I, I complained to them and I said, the guy asked you for your logs. He did not ask you for your closed logs. He asked you for your logs. And in fact, he even said, I want to see a column for the disposition of the of the request. Yeah, open, and so, status, et cetera. Yeah. So they just gave him closed, right? So I said, oh, that's a problem. So I write them an email. And I say, look what I found. You know, here I am waiting for you to send the logs. Now, I curious, found the logs. During this either. period of time, you've got two specific congressional committees that have oversight. you got the House Transportation Committee on one side. you got the Senate Transportation Committee on the other side. Any right. communication to either one of these committees about what's going on? Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. I've I've contacted them through my attorneys and lobbyists, you know, multiple multiple times, okay. um, and everybody seems to say, well, you're just going to sue the agency, you know, including the inspector general's office that we went to. Uh, but you shouldn't have well, to do that. No, you shouldn't, because you know you shouldn't have to. It's, it's, this is America. You're not supposed to hide, you know, information when there's a law that says you got to give the information. So it gets better. So now I dig a little further after I send that email over to them. I, I find out 
that the Department of Transportation on transportation.gov, the main website for the Department of Transportation, they have their 2017 report to Congress. And so I go in there and I look and, and guess what? It's all closed logs. It's all closed. So what requests. you're basically saying is they withheld information in their annual report to Congress. Right. So now the law says that they have to include in their logs any pending requests. And so, so FMCSA FOIA unit comes back at me from the first email and they say, well, you know, we have all these uh, logs that are already on our website. Go to this page and you can download 18, 19, 20. 17 is under review, you know, and we're not posting that right now. 21 is not, you know, really ready yet. But, you know, 18, 19, 20. So I started looking at 18, 19, 20. And I, I start with 20. And I said, well, maybe my request from 2016 is in, in this document, right? So now it does have open and closed, but it doesn't track anything beyond the previous year's fourth quarter. So, so it's a rolling 12 months. Yeah. So if Congress is now looking at these logs, any of these iterations of their logs, there's no way in 2020 for you to look at a document and say, wow, you know, there's one open from 2016, James Lamb's law, you know, uh, request. And so they're hiding it from Congress. So, and so I mean, you would think for your request to the FMCSA would not be hot sports news. Why well, would they want to keep that information withheld? Well, what they've done a great job in doing is providing Congress with how much work they did and how many responses they issued and how many of these cases they closed. But they did a lousy job in terms of doing what the law says they're supposed to do, which All is law. track them, you know, and, and at the end of every year, it's, they're, they're supposed to tell Congress, here's what we have moving back to, you know, when the agency was founded in 2000. You know, so at, at this point, they're, they're hiding information from Congress. They're, they're showing how much work they do to justify their funds, right? Because they get $800 million now, right? This, this is a budget, yeah. $200 million increase since last year. And now when you write to them, you say, well, I'm still waiting. Well, you know, we don't have enough staff and, you know, we're backlogged. They never take any action to fix that backlog, but they use that as a crutch. Even though they're getting all this money. So how about you take a little bit of that 200 million and you hire a couple of people and you work on your backlog, right? But it's not about the backlog because they're hiding it from the public and they're, they're burying, here's what we discovered. They're burying any request that they can label as a complex request. So in other words, it's either simple or it's complex. If it's simple, well, that's one we can bang out. Let's just do that first, right? And meanwhile, they're telling you they're going to process these on a first-in, first-out basis, right? Hogwash. They're burying all of the of the complex requests. They're hoping the requester goes away, right? Well, that's that's something we're gonna we're gonna we got we're running up against a hard break here. When we come back, I want to well, our final segment. Let's dig a little deeper in this because this is the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration. They regulate trucks. What possible requests could be so complex that they're not putting it out there? Keep that thought. We're going to take a quick break, pay a few bills. You're listening to the Information Edge podcast with Darren Yancey, our special guest today, James Lamb of the Small Business for Transportation Coalition, and we'll be right back. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on voiceamerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. You are listening to The Information Edge with Darren Yancey. To reach the program today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to darren at darrenyancey.com. Now, back to The Information Edge. All right, folks, welcome back to The Information Edge. I'm Darren Yancey. Our special guest today is James Lamb with the Small Business and Transportation Coalition. A little bit of housekeeping real quick. Uh, you can follow me on social media at DGANCY65 at Gab and Parlor. Don't know if we're going to do anything on Twitter. We'll see what happens there. You can also go to the website, informationedge.net, see what's going on. Email me at Darren at DarrenYancy.com. All right, James, we were talking about what was happening at the small business. You, you got a scandal going on. Let's, let's dive back into where I had to cut you off. Yeah, well, it, it's a scandal because they don't want to answer my request. And anyone listening to this program has to be asking themselves, why would they not respond to this guy's yeah. request? And it's, it really is a, yeah. it's a matter of what is in the request. And what my lawyers have done, they wrote two letters. They're, they're, they've been combined into one request, November and December of 2016. And they're, they're fishing essentially for records to prove that the uh, FMCSA asked a consumer protection agency a while back, five years ago, to make a case against me. And the question is, why did they do that? And in fact, they uh, had had um, received uh, some complaints against what appeared to be my company. Wait till you hear this now. You're not going to believe this. Our lawyers deposed their FMCSA investigator. In, in January of 2018. And the investigator actually, he actually said, number one, they were stalking me for five years and they were trying to find prosecutable. So we're talking against. the Obama administration. That's right. And and they were, they were trying, this goes back to like 2013. 
So they were trying to find prosecutable data against me, and they couldn't find it. They were very frustrated, obviously, in the deposition. And my lawyer goes, well, maybe that's because he didn't do anything wrong. And so what they did was they took these complaints, and these complaints were purportedly against my company, DOTAuthority.com. They traced the complaints, and they traced them to an imposter company. This is James Bond stuff, too. In China, who who had copied my marketing materials, and instead of the link coming to my site where we would do, you know, your filing for you, it went to them, and they stole the money. But they took the complaints, they sent them to the consumer protection, and they didn't tell them that they, they were not me. And so they induced them to do this, this lawsuit because I had sued them in 2013 as the president of the Association for Independent Property Brokers. That's, that's ugly. That's that ugly. was retaliation, right? And, and yeah. it's not, it's not, it doesn't stop there because at the time that they actually make the referral, by then I had just become, lo and behold, a fundraiser, a bundler, for the Honorable Senator Marco Rubio. And just as I start Republican fundraiser activities, aside from my trade group activity, all of a sudden I get hit with a loss. Now, political retaliation? I think so. Where's the evidence? FMCSA has it. Will they give it to me? No, for five years. What are they hiding? evidence of political retaliation, evidence of retaliation for lawsuits. They know that if they give me this information, the next thing my lawyers will do is sue them personally right. under the Bivens Act, and, and then they lose their homes. So they are doing well, everything okay, they can. Explain to folks what the Bivens Act is. So a Bivens action, uh, typically when you want to sue the government, it's very difficult because they have sovereign immunity. Sovereign right? immunity, yeah. And and so the concept here is, um, and it had to do with uh, a case called Bivens, and the concept here is, well, if, they, if the individual actor that's a government employee uh, violates your constitutional rights under color of law, meaning as if they had the right to do it in, in their government mm-hmm. position, but they really didn't and they infringed on your rights, then you can sue them personally. And so that's where we're headed. Wait a second. We we could go after we could go after Sleepy Joe for the border. Well look, you can make it you can make a case in this country for anything, you know, but but you know the fact the fact is that that once there's a political like Republican versus Democrat, you know, characteristic to this, that's a big problem. That's a big problem. And, that, yeah. and that's in the news right now. So, so now what we did this week is we filed a Hatch Act complaint with the Office of the Special Counsel. And please and explain what the Hatch Act is for our listeners. So, that, so, the, so the Hatch Act basically says that a government employee cannot um, engage in political activity while he is he or she is in uh, you know on, on the clock basically. So it's like you, you can't use the company or the agency phones from the agency office to you know start fundraising you know that kind of stuff. So so what what we believe they did was we believe for political purposes uh, to retaliate because most of the career bureaucrats or Democrats, as far as we understand. So what they did is they went to, you know, a predominantly uh, Democrat public, uh, what do you call it, a consumer protection agency at the time mm-hmm. under the Obama uh, administration, and they got them to, you know, come after me. And so long story short, you know, that case was settled and no admission of wrongdoing, of course, because we did nothing wrong. And, um, you know, the, the bottom line is that, 
you know, we're in a situation now where we're asking the government now, the White Hats in the government, to go and look at some of these abuses that have happened. There's no excuse for not giving us these records for five years. You can't None. Hide, you can't hide this information. Yeah, you, you can't just, say just because the, the evidence is going to get you in trouble. Yeah. Does it give you a reason to withhold the evidence? That's called corruption. Yes, it is. And people go that's to jail for that. That's right. And so we've asked the FBI to look at this. We've asked the Department of Justice Office of Public Corruption, Public Integrity. You know, we've gone through everybody at this point. And today, you know, or I should say uh, over the week, uh, over the weekend, I think I think it was we we actually notified every member of Congress, you know, that, that this is going on. And that coupled with today's discovery that they engaged in fraud on these Freedom of Information Act requests, not just mine, but they hit everybody's who's a complex request right. that went to Congress today. In fact, it's, it's being distributed right now as we speak. That's powerful. That's really powerful. And, uh, you know, we follow each other on, on, on social media. I'd like to, you know, I know you're going to put it out there as it comes forward, but as some of this comes to fruition and has results or what you hope results, I'd like to get you back on and yeah. go over some of this stuff. Cause I know the work that you're doing is important. Um, I didn't get the, the full understanding of what was happening in the uh, FMCSA until now. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely it ridiculous. I mean, you know, it's not like these things are being at, at this time being used for for criminal activity. I think a lot of people need to understand what we do on what you do in your coalition. What I do on this show is to make people aware of what happens in this sector, the government bodies and in transportation and logistics. Oh, my God, we got so many areas of of, of governance. It's just absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, when you start from the committees down to the divisions and things of that nature. Well. I tell you what, um, real quick, you've also been appointed by the FBI. Give us a little bit of details on this. We're, we're almost out of time, but I'd like to get that in. Yeah, real quick, InfraGuard is the name of the program, and it's a public-private uh, partnership to protect our critical infrastructures. And of course, transportation is part of that. So, you know, I, I made an application to them. I have a history with the FBI. I actually helped them catch a spy 20 years ago. There we go. Yeah. And so they know me. And so, you know, I applied and they did the background check and gee, nothing from the Consumer Protection Agency seemed to bother them. So, you know, uh, so they appointed me and I'm on this, uh, you know, this I'm in this group now. And, and the objective is, you know, for us to deal with these things like ELDs and hacking and how that can be. That's great. To public you, safety. you might now be on a committee that may have more impact and get something done uh, right. because I know nothing's going to happen in the House. Uh, coming out of the Transportation Committee. And no. I, I think this, I think the Senate Committee is just as, I don't want to use the word impotent, but I'll use the word impotent. They're just not going to get it done. Well, I'll tell you what, James, it has been a blast having you on today. Uh, thank you for taking the time to come on the show. I know you're very, very busy. We respect your time. We'd like to get you back in the future. Folks, uh, I hope you have enjoyed today's message. We try to keep everything uh, educational, a little entertaining, a little wacky when it gets into it. But the main thing is put something in between your ears it goes through again if you want any type of resources you go to my site james if people want to make contributions to your network or follow more how do they follow your 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 network yeah you know we're uh, we're on uh, the internet at smalltransportation.org we're also of course I don't know if you can see it on my shirt here, but truckers.com, right? Uh, you can get to us from there. We're on Twitter, uh, at, at the SBTC. And, of course, uh, I'm on LinkedIn uh, as well. All right, folks. That's all we've got for today. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next week.
Thank you for tuning in to the Information Edge. Please join your host, Darren Yancey, again next Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Central, and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have more to share then. 